0: Hey, Mavens. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We are so happy that you are here. We just want to ask a little favor of you that you will pause this episode, take a screenshot, and put it up on your Instagram. Tag us so that we can see who you are and what some of your takeaways from today's episode are. So we will love you so much, and we promise we'll go stalk your Insta and just become besties, okay? This episode is really great. We have Melissa and Royal, their husband and wife duo, and they started Spa Strong Together. They have a very unique background in the industry, and they just bring a certain element that I feel like is very, very, very important to our industry. So, so excited that you're listening, and like I said, let me know what your biggest takeaways are from today's episode. Tag us on your stories, and can't wait to see what you're up to.
1: Well, well, well. Welcome to the Beauty Mavens podcast. Kristen and Madison are creating a space where the beauty obsessed can feel empowered to dream big and achieve their goals. It's awesome. Interviewing other mavens in the beauty industry to discover their secrets to success and how they got to be the expert that they are. Brought to you by a sister duo of estheticians and entrepreneurs. Here's your hosts, Kristen Oliveira and Madison Annis.
0: so go ahead and introduce yourselves we're so happy you guys are here yeah we're happy to be here happy too
1: I'm Royal Ellis
2: I'm Melissa Ellis
1: and we are the owners of spa strong
2: yes spa strong is an organization that is dedicated to empowering estheticians through boundaries balance health and safety so I'm a licensed master esthetician I was licensed back in 2012
1: and I'm a police officer in the city of Los Angeles and I've been a police officer for five years now.
2: Yeah, and so I'll tell you a little bit about what Spa Strong is. Um, We created this because after I worked in the industry for a while, um, I realized that we go to aesthetic school and we learn the techniques we need to be able to pass our state boards. You know, there's focus on the treatments and ingredients and protocols, but after that, There isn't a lot of direction as far as operating your business or actually working as an esthetician. I know there are a lot of resources out there. Like y'all are doing amazing work with beauty mavens in supplying resources and your summits and guidance and everything like that. But our perspective is dealing with, like we said, those boundaries, balance, health and safety. So Making sure that you are staying healthy while you're working as an esthetician, taking time to care for your body and have the recovery that you need to feed yourself and not work through lunch breaks or you know, work instead of going to the bathroom or things like that. And then um, having balance so that your personal life doesn't suffer. You don't get burnt out from grinding and hustling all day, every day with work boundaries in speaking to your clients effectively and appropriately and making sure that your policies are respected, your prices are respected. Um, And then like safety in keeping your clients safe. So having proper protocols, having uh, proper sanitation and safety practices within your facility. Also keeping your business safe and having your liability insurance, your appropriate licensure and then keeping you safe while you're dealing with people that you don't know all the time. Um, Maybe you work late a lot by yourself. You are locking up alone, walking to your car. I mean, there are so many different instances why you would need to stay safe within this industry. So that's what we we focus on.
0: It's amazing. I love that you guys are doing that and talking about it. And I think it's something that this industry needs, especially where it is predominantly women and a lot of um solopreneurs like you said that are by themselves so i think it's so important how so with you two coming from like completely different backgrounds how did you guys combine this business together and decide this is what you were gonna work on together
1: well so it started so i'm currently off work uh with an injury i've been off for a year and a half now because i got into a fight at work and messed up my back a little bit
2: it wasn't just a, it wasn't fight. a fight
1: i arrested somebody and they were fighting back and um, <laughs> yeah i got i ended up getting hurt and so with me being off and then um, her being off we'll get into that in a minute we looked at each other we were like you know what how can we keep work going but put it but combine our different fields because i have so much knowledge that all these women in the aesthetics industry need, mm-hmm. and you have all the knowledge for being in the aesthetics industry. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of like wrote down a list of things that we know you guys need and things that aren't talked about as much. And so that's how we just started to combine everything, and I like take a little knowledge from work and throw it in there about about safety and making sure you have cameras in your in your um like in your lobbies and just little just little tips and hints from from my field and um yeah and then we just we just started writing stuff down she wrote a book and we just start pushing it and figuring it out
2: that's really how it formed yeah so I had um I had been working like I said I was licensed in 2012 and I worked at a medical spa for a while and then I started teaching aesthetics and I opened up my own studio And a lot of what we talk about is not only from experiences that I had, but also from things that my students went through and then, you know, like we kind of talked about before we started recording, looking at the Facebook forums and the esthetician groups and seeing the struggles that we're experiencing in the industry. And I actually, um, before I moved out to Los Angeles, I was based in Salt Lake before and I moved to Los Angeles to marry this guy. And I was uh, in a car accident and lost my business because of my injuries. And so I couldn't work anymore. I had to refer all my clients to other people. And I actually ended up going into the police academy at with the Los Angeles Police Department because that was something that I'd wanted to do since I was a teenager. But I loved aesthetics and that just took off and my business was going through going so well before my accident and so once I lost my business I was like you know what I'm gonna go into the police Academy I'm just gonna do it and see what happens and I was in the Academy um, for four months and then I broke my foot during a, a workout one day and so I had to resign but while I was going through that experience we'd be in class and learning about you know standing by your policies or documentation or Communicating with people and dealing with negotiators and I think to myself. Oh my gosh I wish that I had known this when I had my spa I wish I had known this when I was working with that one client that one time or when I had this experience as an esthetician and so breaking my foot kind of ended up being a blessing in disguise because I Didn't continue with the police department, but I started thinking about how everything I learned would have benefited my aesthetics business. And then how many months later was it like six months later that you got injured? Yeah. Yeah. So then when he got injured and I mean that's been, you know, really difficult, but it's also been great because we're together all the time. We were like, how can we keep this going? And let's create this business with something that we feel, you know, there's a need for this in this industry. So
0: gotta love those blessings in disguise. (laughs) Seriously, what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, That's so cool. Um, wait, he kind of briefly mentioned you have a book. Do you want to tell us about that?
2: Yeah, so I, um, when we started Spa Strong, I wrote a book called Boundaries in Aesthetics, Maintaining Boundaries as a Spa Professional. And this covers five different ways to set and preserve appropriate boundaries with your clients. So the first way is through the client packet or documentation, so all of your client intake forms. And then the second way is re- respecting your pricing. Third is quality over quantity, which that can go into um, you know, focusing on quality clients over a quantity mindset, over uh, as well as like, spending your time on quality things instead of just filling your time with busy work. Um, working smarter, not harder, harder, those kinds of things. The fourth one is boundaryed conversations. And then that can go into like what you talk about in your treatment room, how you communicate in your spa facility, as well as, you know, dealing with social media or negative reviews and things like that. And then the fifth one is um, keep your own rules. Sorry to think about it for a second, I got talking. The fifth one is keep your own rules. And so that is knowing, you know, whether you're gonna kind of use like spirit of the law or letter of the law, how you're going to enforce your policies and stand by your rules and making sure that that's consistent across the board, regardless of who it is that you're dealing with.
0: So. Wow, that sounds so good. Where can we get a copy of this book for um, anyone
2: <laughs> i a copy of, you can order it on our website which is www.spa-strong.com.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm excited to read it. So when you were writing this book, is this uh, like when you were working as an esthetician, did you have these boundaries? Like, did you not have the boundaries and then you created the boundaries or did you have that from the beginning or did you not have it? And then you were like, Oh, I should have had it. You know what I mean? Like where did that, where did in your aesthetic journey, where did you like start to discover these boundaries because we talk to a lot of professionals who do not have boundaries and let their clients walk all over them or let their work run their life and it's sad.
2: It is so sad and honestly, it was a combination of all of those things. Like there were some that I had in place really, really well from the very beginning. There were some that I learned along the way and then there were some that I didn't realize until... I was in the police academy and I was like, oh, I should have done that. That would have been excellent. Um, so it's, it's a learning process because, I mean, like I said, when you, you go to aesthetic school, you learn the treatments. And then if you go out on your own right away, you don't have, you know, like an example right there mm-hmm. to show you how to do your business and how to work with your clients. Or if you go work for somebody else, then you basically learn their habits. And you do things the way that they do it but like y'all were just saying there are so many professionals who don't have control over their work life or over their client expectations or anything like that and i know that we work in the service industry so we want to provide this excellent experience for our clients we want to go above and beyond and you know be their go-to esthetician and everything like that but we need to find a way to do that without sacrificing ourselves.
0: Mm, I love that working in the field and creating boundaries so that we're not sacrificing ourselves. Yeah, for our business, that's so good. So, for someone listening, I know we have a lot of, we do have a lot of solopreneurs and people like just getting out of aesthetic school that listen to this podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. What is
0: like three main? takeaways or three main tips that someone could like implement like tomorrow in their business, like three boundaries or, you know, something that would help them set those boundaries?
2: Yeah. So pretty much any of the five that I just talked about from the book, um, I would say making sure that you have policies in place is the first one right away. Like you need to have a cancellation and no show policy. Um, if you don't, you're just going to hurt yourself in the long run. And I started out not having one because I was afraid that if I had expectations for my clients that they would be like, oh, this is too much work. I'm going to go to somebody else, uh, which isn't true because your clients are coming to you because they want your work, not because you don't have policies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so making sure that you have enforceable policies in place and then Picking appropriate pricing and standing up for those, that is another huge one. And I know a, there, like Utah, for example, there are so many estheticians in Utah and there's kind of this attitude of, oh, it's so saturated that if I have industry appropriate pricing, then my clients will just go to somebody else who's cheaper. And I was listening actually to one of y'all's episodes the other day and you were talking about uh, selling like an... I think it was an image skincare lip balm yes. and yeah. And how somebody was like, well, I live in Utah, so I only sell it for $10 when I guess the retail price was supposed to be 20. And yes. now we sell it for 20 and we can't keep it on our shelves. Like pretty sure people will, will pay what they need to pay, especially if you have confidence in what it is that you're offering.
0: And also high, if you're not selling, like if your prices aren't right, you're not profiting. So you're literally working either for free or you're like paying to work a lot of times. And I don't think, and that's where we like, when we did our numbers summit, I think it was really cool. Like for people to see, holy cow, I didn't realize what my bottom line was and how much money it takes to run my business. But we don't cause we don't learn it in school.
2: No, we don't learn that in school. And we, I mean, we don't learn little things like um, measuring the product that you use, or you know, things like that to make sure you're not spending more than you need to. And a lot of us take out student loans to go to school, so we have that payment on top of how much it costs to run our businesses. So when we're constantly discounting or constantly giving in to people who are trying to negotiate our prices, then You're absolutely right. We are running ourselves out of business because we can't afford to be there anymore.
1: You guys I was talking to Melissa about this. You guys, I believe, personally, have it harder than police officers do. Because you guys spend more time in your field in school than we do in the police academy. And look what our job description is. Mm -hmm. And like on a day-to-day basis, you guys have it so much more, so much harder. You guys have to deal with people all day. I mean, we do, too. But you guys have to care. You, like, really have to care. You have to listen to these conversations. You have to serve people. And I'm not saying that we don't. I mean, you know, we patrol and protect people, but it's just different. It's just different. On the day-to-day basis, you guys in the aesthetics community have more of a beatdown on a regular day than I do. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so – we have to get them to want to come back, and you are probably doing the opposite. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's so true. And so, like Royal and I were talking about how, in order to become a police officer in the state of California, you only need six hundred hours of state certified training. But oh. in order for us to become master statisticians in Utah, you know, we had to do double that. We had to do twelve hundred hours. And so, when you when you look at it from that perspective, you're like. Oh, so what I'm doing is actually kind of important it and is. valuable. And so why would I only charge $35 for a classic set of lashes when mm. I have to have more training than a
0: police officer? <laughs> I, I never knew know that. that. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: like blowing my mind. You know, isn't that so crazy? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have, what we offer is a specialized skill that requires not only scientific background, but also creativity and the ability to educate and empower our clients so that they're on board with the treatments that we're suggesting for them. And I mean, that isn't something that is just easy and simple to put together. Like that has a lot of value. And that's something that, you know, not everybody can afford. Of course, we want everybody to come to us, but we have to recognize that this isn't just like, going to Walmart and buying a $4 wet and wild lip gloss. You know, we're offering something exclusive and special
0: and it should be priced accordingly. Yeah. And not only that, because it's like so many people do lash extensions, right? And you might think it's a saturated industry or there's so many hairstylists, whatever it is. But it's like, like you said, it's not just like a lip gloss. It's not just a service. It's like they're coming to you. We're in the business of people, and they're coming to you because they connect with you because you're there's something about you that's different. And I think, like, that's if you're new to the industry and that's you're like trying to build a clientele, like finding little things where you can add value and create that connection to where your clients become obsessed with you. Yes, and that is such a good way
2: of saying it. It's not just that they're obsessed with the service, they're obsessed with you as the treatment provider. Y'all probably have this same thing but we have young estheticians or student estheticians reach out to us a lot and they're like I'm so new I I don't feel like I should charge industry standards or I don't feel like I have a right to really advertise yet because I need to keep practicing, I need to keep learning, I'm not ready, I'm not good enough. And That attitude is the reason why you don't have clients yet or the reason why your business isn't growing. It has nothing to do with you being new. You can be brand new and still have confidence and move with confidence and speak to your clients with confidence Um, that your level of education. I mean, if there's something you don't know, then obviously don't lie about it and say, you know what? I'm not sure I'm going to find out and I will get back to you and then follow up and actually get back to them. But just having the confidence and recognizing I'm a licensed beauty professional. I wouldn't have gotten, I wouldn't have passed my state boards if I weren't ready to go out and do these things.
0: Yeah, that is so good. And so true. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like you already finished the school, you finished the training. So it doesn't matter that you haven't taken X amount of clients. Like you took them in school and you finished the same amount of hours and Everyone starts there. Like everyone starts somewhere, and the service is still worth your time and your time and the price. And
2: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's so true.
0: Um, one of, let's see, one of, so you guys have a couple of courses coming out, right? Yeah. We're yes. about those for a minute.
2: Um, yes. So we are, Coming out with three courses to start, we have several in the works.
1: Like twenty-two in the works. Yeah, we have yeah. a lot in
2: the works. But the first three that we're coming out with are spa policy essentials, and the second is mastering consultations, and the third is sexually inappropriate behavior and learning how to navigate those types of situations, recognizing them, and you know reporting or whatever it is that you need to do with those situations.
1: So uh-huh.
0: I know you have a full course coming out about it, but like what if someone finds himself in a inappropriate situation on the job? How, what's like some, how they can handle it?
2: So the biggest thing is being assertive. Like I, I'll tell you this story. I had a, a friend in aesthetic school, that she had, a, um, she had a client that it was an older man, she gave him a facial, and while she was walking him back to the front desk, he was telling her a story about a person who had like really, really long hair. And to illustrate how long this person's hair was, the man reached out and ran his hand across the top of her bottom. And she obviously was very uncomfortable with it, but she didn't say anything. She just was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. And kept walking. She didn't tell the front desk. She didn't tell an instructor. And so she was telling us about this in the break room, like two weeks after it happened. And we all freaked out. We're like, well, how did you let that happen? You know, you should have said something, you should have pushed him like whatever. And she was like, well, he was the client and my job is to, you know, like be there for the client. And I didn't want to get in trouble. And so the biggest thing is not having that attitude. Like, and I mean, I am not faulting my friend at all because nobody told her that she was allowed to stand up for herself, even though she is a service provider, like just because the client is there, you know, we need to get that mentality of the customer is always right out of our heads. They're not always right. You are allowed to stand up for yourself. You're allowed to stop a treatment, walk out of the room. You are allowed to stop what you're doing, look the client in the eyes and be like, hey, I'm not okay with that. Knock it off. If you say something like that to me again, I'm ending this treatment. Or maybe it doesn't even merit a second chance. Maybe you're just like, hey, that's not okay. This treatment is over. Get up. I'll meet you outside. You're not being scheduled here again.
1: And I think people have a big like problem with calling the police. I think people overthink things mm-hmm. and they're like, you know what? I don't think it's worth calling the police. Well, my, my thing is, who are you to decide? Call us and let us decide.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If your manager isn't willing to do anything about it, or if she calls us, great. But if she doesn't, then you call us, we show up, and we take it from there. And you step back. If it's something that warrants an arrest, then we'll do it. But for you to just, like, you don't have the same amount of experience and training. Like, when I hear that, I think, oh, oh automatic sexual battery immediately. Um, but the thought process for regular just estheticians is different than ours as police officers. So my thing is, man, do not be afraid to dial nine one one. Call us. Let us show up, and we'll figure it out from there. To be honest with you, don't ever think we have something something better to do. Because trust me, ninety percent of the time we chilling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we
1: just cruising. We just cruising around, looking looking and pulling over a few cars, taking you know, a few radio calls. But a lot of times our radio is just dead, and we're just chilling. And so that I would. Not to say that it's a light situation, but there, there, there's so many of us that would be happy to answer that. I'm like, oh, that's that's simple. I know how to handle that. I'll go. Like, it's it's nothing for us to even think about. Yeah. It's super simple for us to handle. So I say, yeah, call the police. Let us figure it out. Don't take that into your own hands trying to guess if you should call us or not.
2: Yeah, there's kind of this idea that if something bad is happening, the police are going to handle it. Move. There's only so many of them and so much, so many, so many, many of us, and they don't see everything we see. So it's part of our responsibility to help them do their job by notifying them so they can be aware of what's going on
0: um and they can
2: take care of those situations. But um, yeah,
0: even at our studio we um there was a bum that was like sleeping like literally right next to our door when we got in there. Mm-hmm. I think he came while we were there. I can't remember but I know I think he was the He wasn't right in front of our door. He was right in front of our window. So like we had to pass him to get into our door though. And my mom was like, you need to call the police and like have them come and tell him to move. And, but like, I never would have thought of that because I would have in my head been like, oh, they're busy or like, it's just a small thing. Like, but my mom was like, no, like you don't know, like that could be a dangerous situation anyway. So we called and they came and it was totally fine. And. He hasn't been sleeping in front of our door ever since. <laughs> he hasn't been in front of our door since. But even things like that, like, I, like you were saying, walking out, because we we have an open studio, so we don't have any private rooms. But like, there are times when we're closing up by ourselves and walking out. And I mean, we're in downtown Salt Lake, which is, I think, relatively safe. But there still is a large homeless population. A, a large homeless population, and especially right near our studio. So it's, it, it does get scary. Yeah. And part of what we're trying to do is we're not trying to bring
2: awareness to these possibilities in order to incite fear. Like we don't want y'all to leave your studio tonight and be like, Oh, what if I'm going to need to call the police? Like what if something bad could happen to me? That's not the point. The point is to help prepare you so that you kind of have a plan of action. So that you don't have to live in fear because what's scary is not knowing what to do. Um, but if you're like, okay, I maybe I have a self-defense tool that I carry on me that I understand how to use properly, or I have this plan to, you know, notify 911 or my on-site security, whatever it might be. So then cool. Now I don't have to worry so much. I can focus my energy on doing my job, on getting home to my family, on doing my yoga tonight, whatever it is, instead of stressing about, oh my gosh, what if this happens, what am I gonna do?
0: Yeah, so do you guys have like, um, like our, for the last question, like three safety tips when you're closing up the salon at night? Do you wanna take
1: this? Oh boy, three safety tips. Let's see, I say number one, it depends on where your salon is like set up, as far as like what you can see outside your door. I'd say just number one, just always keep your head on the swivel, is like, like what we like to say. Like, mm-hmm. always be aware. Nothing should surprise you. Oh. That's, that's how we were trained. Like, mm-hmm. nothing should surprise you. If somebody's gonna attack you or do something, you should never be surprised. You
2: should see them first.
1: Yeah, you should see them first. And if you don't, still, people are people. So you shouldn't be surprised to begin with. So I think, number one, just being aware. I think if you can leave with somebody that's a tip like like for sure the buddy system is always better um depending on where you park your car like hope uh i'd say park in a lighted area over over just pure darkness like in the parking lot depending on how how late you leave another one is i'm a big weapons guy like i love guns um so like just don't be afraid. I, I know Utah is pretty, pretty gunslingerish, <laughs> which is why I love Utah. Um, I said, if you can get a concealed, that'd be awesome. It's not for you to use it. You have it so you don't have to use it. Um, and uh, or
2: any kind of self-defense Yeah, any kind tool. of any kind of self-defense. It doesn't...
1: it doesn't have to be that. It could be pepper spray. You know, it could be just learning how to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, command presence yes. is a big one being able to not be timid and not be afraid and being able to tell somebody, Hey, stop back up. I don't even like your movement right now. You're cu- it's, it's 10 o'clock at night. You're coming. This close. Stop back up. Like just showing yourself as like a boss pretty much. And just not timid, not afraid and show yourself as not afraid to get into conversation if you need to. So mm-hmm. by speaking up, puffing out your chest a little bit and just, uh, yeah, keep your yeah. head high. Because if,
2: if you're walking by yourself and some you see somebody, man, woman, whatever, walking in your direction um, and kind of walking fast, like they're on a mission and they're walking towards you, rather than just like speeding up and trying to get away from them, um, you don't know if they're after you. So you could be stressing yourself out for no reason. So if you see them walking towards you, put your hand out and be like, hey, stop, don't come any closer. I don't like how you're walking toward me. And then, if they're not interested in you at all, they'll be like, oh, sorry. And maybe think you're weird, but at least then you know you're safe.
0: Yeah. That's That's a good tip.
2: Yeah. But then, if they keep coming towards you even after you said stop, then that's when you know, okay, time for me to act because now you're aware of their intentions. But rather than just worry about it without really understanding the situation, and going home and being scared and being scared to come to work the next day, like, just call it out. Be like, Hey, stop. I don't like you coming that close to me. And then you'll know, Oh, they weren't even trying to walk to me. They were just walking in this direction. And we've heard to touch eye contact
0: with them. Is that
1: safe? Well, look at you said direct eye contact. Yes. Yeah. I say, I, yes, because if
2: then you can identify them in a lineup. Yeah.
1: You can identify them in a lineup and also, like, if you don't look at me, I know you're afraid of me. Like, if you decide not to look at me in my eyes. Yeah, um, yeah like, it's just growing up. Like, I was always told, always look a man in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Always. When you talk to them, when you look at them. And a little thing I do, whenever I'm at the gas station or whenever I'm just walking or whatever, I have a habit of saying, hey, how's it going?
2: To everybody. To
1: everybody. Even if they don't respond, that's fine. But for the most part, i like to say it. That's simply because they know I see you oh yeah and so if it's a if it's a homeless man near my gas pump or whatever he's like I'm like hey what's up man how's it going it's not because I care how he's doing it's because I know you see that I see you I just I just say something to you you see that I see you now
2: and I'm not afraid of you I'm not trying to avoid you in any way I can handle myself
1: yeah so yeah just little things like that
0: Oh, these are good tips. Thank you guys. You're welcome. There, where can everybody find you? Like what's your Instagram handle?
2: So our Instagram is at spa underscore strong. And then our website is www.spa-strong.com. And we also have a podcast. It is on Apple podcast as the spa strong podcast. And it's also available
0: on our website. Okay, cool. So everyone go check them out, listen to their podcast, get all these amazing tips, and we'll see you next week, XO Beauty Mavens.